A day full of exciting finishes, and now it's time for the good, the bad, and the box score. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Another episode of The Good, The Bad, The Box Score. I am Wyatt. You can find me on Twitter at YB underscore FF. And this week, I am joined by Jacob, who you can find on Twitter at Fantasy Fantasy. Jake, how are you doing? Living the dream. Thanks for having me back. I haven't talked to you since the uh, the offseason. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. Uh, an up and down road. Yeah. JWB on the rise, though. Wyatt, crush it. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm sure everyone is familiar, but Jacob, a member of the JWB family. Uh, Today, what a day. We got, you know, big time finishes. We've got the the Browns, the Buccaneers. We had the Jags and the the Ravens. We had the the, the, the Raiders and, um, oh my gosh, why can't I, and the Seahawks. Uh, we've got Philly and Green Bay going at it as we speak. We'll see if we can get another exciting game to, to round out the day. Uh, how's your fantasy day going for you? Crushing it. I'm yeah? back. I'm back. Good to baby. hear. I love I, when when Mike Williams and Marquise Brown went down within like a one week period, yeah. and DK Metcalf, Metcalf got nicked up. Um, I started, I dipped for like three or four weeks, yeah. maybe three weeks in there, but I've recovered everywhere. I bounced back, and uh, I'm back in the uh, the driver's seat. Except I'm playing against you in a best ball league, and you're kicking my ass. Right <laughs> Outside of that, things are looking good. <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, some injuries, we'll just jump right into our first section. As always, talking about some injuries that happened today. First one, Travis Etienne left this game with a foot injury. He came back out and was like on the sideline trying to, he looked like he was trying to get back in, but ended up uh, just staying out. Um, foot injury is concerning. I don't know if it's the same foot that he had to Liz Frank in or not. Uh, that's something we definitely got to look out for because I'm sure that that has a big impact here. Um, after he left, Jermichael Hasty played all right. Uh, didn't do much running wise. He got 12 carries, but only 28 yards. But in the passing game, five targets caught all of them 67 yards and a touchdown. The interesting thing here, though, is that Daryl Henderson was signed midweek, was healthy and active for the game. I'm assuming just because not enough time to get caught up. Yeah. ETN misses time. What, what what happens here? I would lean towards Henderson myself. Um, Hasty played well. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I know that uh, ETN did either tweet out or something. He said he, he'll be in. Uh, maybe he said after the game he'll be out next week. He believes he's uh, not out. He'll be playing next week. So the uh, vote of confidence from the player can't read too much into it, but I hopefully yeah. not that serious. Yeah. Um, Henderson might still be on rosters uh, in most leagues, even after getting you know, let go by the Rams, I think. He was on most rosters. People probably figured he's going to sign somewhere. Hasty, maybe not, depending on the size of your league. But I think just because you probably want to pick a pacey and see what happens with ETN, it'll be interesting to see if there's a split between Henderson and Hasty and what that looks like if ETN misses time. He was serviceable in San Francisco and, you Mm -hmm. know, is a good pass catcher. Mm -hmm. Next injury, another running back, Michael Carter. Uh, has some sort of sprained ankle, but we're not sure what kind and how severe it is. 
what was interesting here is even before the injury, we got some Zonovan Knight going, which I think was a little bit unexpected. I don't think anybody really thought we were going to see Zonovan Knight. Everyone just assumed that Ty Johnson was going to be the one to kind of back up Michael Carter with James Robinson becoming a healthy inactive for this game. Um, what do we make of all this? Because <laughs> there's a lot here. Zonovan Knight was the hotness. Um, you know, he was a deep sleeper uh, this offseason. And, and I think has some, um, you know, has some appeal if James Robinson continues to look sluggish, um, you know, there, there could be some pop there and, and definitely uh, the, the Jets will use multiple backs, even if, you know, James Robinson is the lead guy. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my worry is, you know, Michael Carter mix, misses time and then we can't really trust any of these players because I would assume that James Robinson wouldn't be a healthy and active anymore. And then we have to worry about how much he'll be involved and you know, what's really going to happen, especially because now we have Zonovan Knight through his hat in the ring. It'll be tough. Yeah. He, he was, um, he looked good. I, in my film review of NC state stuff, um, kind of when I was checking out the ACC guys, um, he, he definitely popped off. I caught him, uh, you know, people were tweeting about him in the off season. So, yeah, there that. was some hype. There was some, yeah. you know, sleeper hype there for him, for sure. It's a good uh, way to get started. You know, if you're gonna yeah, jump in. absolutely. A lot of people are, are confirming their priors right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Uh, our next player, Darnell Mooney, hurt his ankle, got rolled up on and was had to be helped off the field. Uh, this one's pretty concerning because it, it looked bad. The fact that, you know, he had two people helping him get off the field. Uh, he could miss some serious time here. Mooney, um, not quite what we were hoping for because the Bears offense ended up being so run heavy. Uh, granted, it, it's it, it had been working for them lately. Uh, Justin Fields, the revelation that he has been. But he was still, you know, a serviceable player for fancy teams as kind of a flex player. We saw Chase Claypool make some plays for them today, finally, uh, since being there. If Mooney misses time, do we have confidence in Chase Claypool? I don't. I, I'm going to be kind of all out on Chicago. I think it's going to be a, a targetable uh, offense if you're playing team defense. You know, like I can't imagine. Well, depending on on Fields' health, I know right. it was almost it was a game time decision today, but um, I'm I'm uh, yeah I'm out on the Bears pass pass catchers. Uh, maybe yeah. Komet season of volume. Right. That's the only one where it's like maybe because tight end is so, you know, it's always such a crap show for tight end. Um, Komet, someone who I loved coming in the season and was very wrong about, except for, you know, like three weeks. Right. Uh, but, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe he gets he gets uh, his his targets now with this. Three for 27. Um, yeah. Claypool was only yeah. two for 51, had some big splash plays, and that's kind of his calling card. Yeah. Um, Tough yeah. to rely on that. Yeah. Last one we've got here, Elijah Mitchell. Sounds like he's got an MCL sprain. <sighs> One of my players that I really like to watch play, I thought he was really going to be something this year, but the guy, he 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 seems like one of those players who just is not going to be able to stay on the field, and that's tough. Yeah, it was like one of his explosive plays. I'm, I've got the tweet half written out, you know, like, <laughs> this is why you give him snaps, you know. Like, yeah. oh, everybody's like, why isn't it all going to see him say it's – you know, look at this guy play football. He's right. so fast, so electric yeah. with the ball in his hands. And uh, just a dagger. The story of his career, unfortunately, is he cannot stay on the field. So um, electric good for CMC. Field, but 
yeah, it is good for well, and CMC apparently was dealing with some knee soreness uh, this game as well. Um, so I guess actually that's something to pay attention to as well. Uh, we we saw some Jordan Mason in this game, uh, so wasn't really expecting that. So again, got to pay attention to this. All right, let's move on to best and worst performers of the day. As a reminder to everybody listening or watching, this isn't necessarily just the best days we had. It's the most impactful ones. Starting off, Mike White and company. Mike White, the tide that raises all ships. He went 22 of 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. We've got Garrett Wilson, eight targets, five catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns, an impressive down-the-field play on his second touchdown, over 50 yards. And then we've got Elijah Moore coming back to life. Only two targets, but caught both of them. Six to I'm four not dead. I yeah. feel better. <laughs> yeah. What are we? What are we thinking about Mike White here? I mean, like Zach Wilson's not coming back, right? It can't be. It would be. It'd be coaching malpractice to allow Zach Wilson back on the football field at this point. But what does that mean for Mike White and company? Like rest of year, what are we thinking? He definitely serviceable in spots last year. Um, he looked good. Looked good today. Not as efficient as you'd want, but they were having success. I think people, including myself, are going to be a little bit thrown off, misled by the touchdowns. You know, they all they all caught touchdowns, um, you know, three passing touchdowns. I would guess the defense leads the team moving forward, especially mm-hmm. they have, you know, very little in the running game and they're going to be playing a backup quarterback uh, for most of the rest of the way. Um, Wilson is definitely that guy. I love him. Um, I think his best year is going to be next year, you know, not next year, but it's, it's not going to be this year for me end of season, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I don't think you want to get too caught up in this. Uh, the bears defense hasn't been very good this year. I believe they lost Eddie Jackson as well. Yeah. Um, so that's, that was a big problem for them. Uh, Briscoe was out this week. You always have to take these like, spot starts in a way or like when a quarterback comes in with a little bit of grain of salt because defenses aren't necessarily as prepared for them uh they don't have as much tape on mike white there's a lot of factors that go into this type of thing uh i think teams get inspired when the backup quarterback gets called up to play you know that's a little bit of narrative but i think mm-hmm. it's, there's there's a little bit of something to that you know love garrett wilson i still think like he's basically always been minimum of a flex player for me just because talent volume kind of been there for him elijah moore i don't think you can start putting him in your lineups yet but like this is a nice sign for him mike white maybe you consider in some super flex leagues you might uh be looking you know in a tough spot where you're using mike white but just pump the brakes a little bit on these guys yeah all right next one trevor lawrence leading the jags to victory against the ravens 29 of 37 321 yards three touchdowns no interceptions led the Jags to 18 points in the fourth quarter, including the game-winning two-point conversion. What a game for Trevor Lawrence. Wow. <laughs> yeah, He looked amazing. He, yeah. he looked amazing. When he was running the ball, he looked fluid. He looked strong. When he was throwing the ball, his passes were immaculate. That was like, they, this is the guy they drafted. This was the peop- the guy we were talking about. It was amazing to see. We played an amazing game, really especially toward yeah. in the fourth quarter, just on point. Yeah. We got the first score in the Philly and Green Bay game. We got Kenneth Gainwell with a four-yard rush, helping very few people. 
Uh, but then Rodgers <laughs> yes. went ahead and threw an interception. Was it a rush? On the- or- yeah, it was a rush. <laughs> so no one really got that one. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers goes and throws an interception uh, deep in his own territory. So now Philly is about to put it right back on them. This game could get out of hand real quick. That's not good right. for my uh, Aaron Jones requirements. <laughs> yeah, you're right before, right before we record. We talk about how you need Aaron Jones to have a good day. I'd be to A.J. Brown, but we'll see. Uh, last, last best performance of the day had to go to Josh Jacobs with the game-winning 86-yard touchdown run in overtime. 33 carries, 229 yards, two touchdowns, also got seven targets, caught six of them, 74 yards. Is Josh Jacobs the best fantasy pick you could have made in the offseason? He's up there. Right? He's got to be. He's got to be, like, what, top five best picks you could have made? Yeah. I mean... For return on investment, I mean Kelsey in the second is looking like one of them yeah. too. But yeah, that's um, the other yeah. one that comes to mind for sure. And so, I think like we 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 talked about this uh, before we started recording, and it's kind of been the story all along that well, there was no confidence in him getting the passing down work. It's never really been his thing in the NFL, and we Josh McDaniels has traditionally had a pass catching back in the rotation. They draft Samir White. They don't sign Josh Jacobs to his. Uh, rookie fifth year option. Maybe this just all made Josh Jacobs think I'm going to go out and show everybody wrong. We've kind of talked about it on this show early in the off season. It's just continuing. Like there's, we were set on the Honor dynasty digest show. We also mentioned early in the off season. This seems believable. Go out and buy Josh Jacobs. If you're a contender, because he's probably one of the cheaper RB ones for this year that you could find who exactly. has a little bit of, you know, something it's a defined him. role. I mean, you know, we didn't understand what the defined, how defined yeah. it was, but yeah, it was definitely that. And and he, um, you know, he had been featured before. The question was, would McDaniel's feature him? Right. Yeah. Credit to all the people in the offseason saying this is the, just the best running back on the roster uh, because it's the last year of his contract. They have every reason to just hand him the ball off as much as they can and, you know, run him down. And I mean, that's exactly what's happening. And I listened to a slew of like the expert experts, um, you know, with, you know, PFF and everyone else. And they're saying, you know, we just didn't know anything when we were talking about the fifth year extension and using that as rationalization, you know, in the fact that they signed a, a a running back or or drafted a running back. Like we just don't know anything, (laughs) you know, it's like, That, that we can't draw those conclusions as as, as hard-lined as we want to. Yeah, I, I was someone who was a Josh Jacobs detractor for a good bit of the offseason, but then his cost dipped down enough that I be, yeah. came back in. But yeah. while I was, you know, out, I I, I have to, I always try to give credit to uh, Jeff Crisco on Twitter. I believe his Twitter handle is just at Jeff Crisco, but he basically, you know, just told me we were in an argument. He's... He's obviously the best running back on the roster. So at some point, the coaching staff will just realize that and feature him because of that. Like, it's okay to believe that there are going to be, or there's going to be a committee based on coaching history and that kind of thing. But at a certain point, you just have to like give some credit to rational coaching that they see this is obviously the best running back. Right. Let's do I want, do I want to keep my job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I will say, you know, uh, on that note, we were talking before Zamir white had a couple of really nice runs in this game up the middle, protecting mm-hmm. the ball, like looked like he did in Georgia with, 
with some strong burst. Yeah. Um, and Amir Abdullah looked good um, in, a, in a limited use as well. So. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting offseason for the Raiders with what they do with that backfield. Mm-hmm. We also just got the second touchdown of this game. Philly getting another touchdown run this time from Miles Sanders. About to be up. Oh, they missed the extra point, so it's 13-0. Nine minutes left in the first quarter. This isn't going to be good for the Packers. Hey, at least they're not A.J. Brown. That's all I'm saying right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm in all somewhat right. of a must-win in my redraft. <laughs> Let's move on to our worst performers. We're starting off with Damian Pierce. Five carries, eight yards. Six targets, caught three of them, eight yards. That's right. He had under 20 total yards. This is just a out-and-out bad game. Uh it's starting to happen for him now where it's not much there. Um, I think defenses started to realize that like they don't have to be afraid of the Texans passing game at all <laughs> and can be just sell out, you know, against the run. And um, it's tough sledding for, for Damien Pierce right now. Absolutely. And credit to Miami's defense. They were all over the field. They were zipping around. Um, it felt like they kind of wanted to keep up with how well the offense was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, they, were, they brought a ton of energy to the game and Kyle Allen, let's just say he's no Davis Mills, you know, <laughs> where, where it's like a Rolodex of like, who are these guys? Oh yeah. This guy's still in the NFL. Great. You know, <laughs> yeah. Nathan Peterman, I heard them talking about another podcast, like Nathan Peter. Oh no, it was Boston sports radio. They're like, how can Colin Kaepernick not have a job? But Nathan Peterman does <laughs> like, what is going on with that? That guy, yeah. if you look at his resume, <laughs> all of his stats are upside down. Yeah, yeah Kyle I, Allen, and, and I think, you know, looking at the offense as a whole and especially how it impacts Damian Pierce, this is not good. This is yeah. definitely not good for Houston. If you're trying to get fantasy points out of Houston, it's not good. Yeah, I mean, would you feel comfortable starting anybody on the Houston Texans? Jordan Akins was their leading fantasy guy. And that's been inconsistent. Yep. You're not going to feel comfortable putting Jordan Akins in as your starting tight end. And Brandon Cooks, 5 for 59. You know, I mean, at least he's involved. Nico Collins, 6 for 44. Yep. The game, game script is what it is. They're going to be playing from behind, but they're not going to be able to keep up. They're going to have to be one-dimensional, and it's just not going to work. Yeah. Sad days in Houston currently. Uh, let's get to our next worst performer, and that's Kenyon Drake. Two carries, two yards, one target, didn't catch it. Uh, Kenyon Drake was kind of on a roll for the Ravens coming into this week. Granted, without Gus Edwards to an extent. Uh, but, like, I don't think I'm alone in thinking that when <clears> Gus <throat> Edwards comes was going to come back that, like, Kenyon Drake was just going to go away. He was, like, clearly the best running back they've had, giving him more carries than the running backs have seen for the Ravens in years. He had a game of 24 carries. That doesn't happen on the Ravens, and running backs don't do that for them. So to see him just go from being a reliable, you know, flex RB2 over the last few weeks to being a stone-cold nothing, I thought was pretty surprising. Yeah, except, you know, when Gus Edwards first came back as well from injury, from the offseason injury, um, they gave him a ton of work. He, he was heavily utilized. So um, it seems like they do prefer to run with him. And Lamar took took his fair share uh, of carries as well. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's too bad. I have Kenyon Drake in a, in a dynasty league. Fortunately, didn't didn't roll him out this week. 
Um, That's good foresight on your part there. Yeah, I'm well, <laughs> I had I had Jeff Wilson and DeAndre Swift, so I uh, <laughs> you know well, was spared you know, the embarrassment of Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I'll they take those touchdowns. Scored. That's right. Um, I'll, I'll win that matchup this week. But yeah, I went like when Gus Edwards came back. Um, Kenyon Drake still get, did get eleven carries in that game, uh, so it wasn't he wasn't completely dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also hadn't seen that much work before that game. And then that's you know after the game has followed the twenty four carry game, I thought gave some confidence to you know maybe Kenyon Drake seeing some more. But yeah, it, it's, that's just a tough backfield to really want to invest in, I guess, just yeah. in general. All right. Uh, <laughs> you know, and- one one other note on that game, um, and I was watching Red Zone, <clears throat> and I'm a Mark Andrews um, needer. You know, I have him rolled out in that same reject league where I need Aaron Jones tonight. And every single pass looked like it went to Josh Oliver. And I'm like, who the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we yeah. doing with Josh Oliver out yeah, there? Yeah, got a touchdown this game. Um, four of 76 and a touchdown. I will say, you know, Mark Andrews is and was – involved and it it looked you know worse than it was i think because of the the red zone footage um and they may still be trying to ease him back in a little bit and josh oliver looked great you know he, he actually played great he had way less coverage they were keying on andrews yeah. um i would pick the right up where isaiah likely Andrew. left off yeah yeah exactly yeah uh speaking of you needing some aaron jones points he starts off their next drive with four touches for 45 yards, comes out of the game, and A.J. Dillon scores the touchdown. Runs, uh, rips off a 20-yard touchdown run. Hey, good for <laughs> A.J. Dillon. He's been doing He needs it, right? That's That yeah. one's been tough. He he was good. He got up to, like, the fifth round in drafts. People were, people were drafting A.J. Dillon in a spot where they relied on him. Over Josh I, Jacobs, yeah. Yeah, like, yes, over like in Josh that, Jacobs. They were right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was one where, like, as like I liked AJ Dillon coming into the offseason as he began to continue to rise. It's like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> you know, um, the backup. <laughs> yeah, like I like we do this thing every offseason where people want to say there's all of these running backs who are like backup running backs. They're gonna have standalone value, and every year there's like two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like normally Tony Pollard and like Cream Hunt or something like that. Like it doesn't. We we think there's gonna be all these backup running backs who can help us week to week, and they don't exist. So that's like one of those things. Like, how do you let the backup running back get to the fifth round? I don't understand that one. Mm-hmm. All right, our last underperformer of the week. This one hurts me personally because I have a lot of Alvin Kamara across my teams. Seven carries, thirteen yards, seven targets, six catches, not bad, thirty-seven yards, no touchdowns in the day. Lost two fumbles. He's been under eleven half PPR points in his last four games. I mean, what are we doing here? Like this, I like I don't almost don't know how to explain it because it's like, I mean, outside of Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara is obviously your best player on offense. How is he not producing more for you? I don't get. Do we need Jameis Winston back in there? I mean, I would vote yet yeah, that we want Jameis Winston back. Uh, yeah, all I, I ships think. sink in a sinking tide, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that right? is that the uh, the corollary? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's been bad, and and it was a slugfest too for for New Orleans. Yeah, tough day for them. Shut out by the Niners. I mean, Alvin Kamara, he was his second fumble. He was the 
this close to scoring a touchdown before it got ripped out as he was fighting for the touchdown. Point if swing. that's a touchdown instead of a fumble, we're probably not having this conversation. So maybe like that's takeaway here is like he was this close in a day in which they got completely shut down as an offense to having an okay day. And he didn't. Yep. All right. Why don't we move on to our weekly notes? I'm going to try and get to every one of these, I think, based on the time we got here. First one, D- is DJ Moore back? Six targets, four catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. He's playing with the quarterback who has done the best for him, Sam Darnold. I can't believe that's where we are, but that seems to be his QB. What this do we was, think about DJ yeah, Moore? This was the offseason of Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback that DJ Moore has ever played with. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And which which wide receivers has Baker Mayfield elevated in his career? Um, it is a very good statement. To yeah. Make right there. yeah, Sam Darnold. Um, I think uh, I think is going to help the stock a little bit, but I also want to you know call back what you said, which is first game back back up. You know there could be a lot of that. Um, this is by no means a great quarterback or a great team or right. a great play calling, you know, uh, conglomerate. It's, it's, uh, an office, an offense that's not going to pop as much as it's going to. Yeah. Expectations um, like we are, you know, for Garrett Wilson, DJ Moore, 18 points here in half PPR. I think we should be expecting more along the lines of, I don't know, 10 to 12 points on a week. Like, like DJ Moore is still just going to be a flex for me, even mm-hmm. after this game. Um, maybe like DJ Moore, or Garrett Wilson, who would you start? That's actually a tough question. Neutral, neutral uh, defense. Yeah. Um, I'm I'd probably just, roll Wilson. I was going to say, I think I'd say DJ Moore just based on. I'm more confident in his target share. That's a that, t- that's a that tough first question. catch he made was unreal. DJ Morris. Yeah. And he he's he's definitely a beast. And and you you said, damn, just like somebody get him the ball, please. Like figure it out. Throw him the ball. That is a that is a tough question. They'd be very close for me. The more I'm thinking about it, I think maybe Garrett Wilson just because um the little bit of a, the unknown potential with Garrett Wilson. And we've kind of been down this ride before with DJ Moore, where I might just say, uh, let's see if this can continue for Garrett Wilson. Um, that's a good question though. And I think people will be having that question for themselves with their lineups for sure. All right. Next one, Brian Robinson's statement game, 18 carries 105 yards and then caught Two, uh, two catches on three targets, the most targets he's had in the game so far this year, for 20 yards on a touchdown. And that touchdown catch was something else because he straight up bowled over a defender like they were nothing. <laughs> a grown man catch and run, they would call it. Uh, man, I, I'm not, I wasn't a fan of Brian Robinson coming to the NFL. I thought he would get drafted highly and find a role just because the type of back he is like NFL teams want and value what he can do on a football field, but he's not really explosive. You know um, he's not going to bust off any big plays in general, but like I wasn't too high on him. Um, that was mo- had been mostly true so far, but he had a really good game today. It was against the Falcons. So maybe there's something there that we have to consider. Uh, what do we think about this game from Brian Robinson? 
Yeah, he played well. I would say he had a good game. It's it's uh, his first first really good game uh, that he's had. It, it's, yeah. it's his breakout. He was he was also trending on Twitter. You know, everybody's um, happy that the preseason hype you know was finally coming to fruition or came mm-hmm. to fruition in this game. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into it, especially if you well. Washington's been playing better. You know, they beat Philly. Yeah, they played and very since, well. Yeah. Um, they've been playing better, and that game script is what we had talked about, you know, off air. Um, that game script is going to favor Brian Robinson. So you did see yeah. him double uh, Antonio Gibson's carries. So that could be a sign of things to come in positive game scripts. In general, I yeah. would think they would be in negative game scripts, but I haven't really looked at their schedule. Um, but that's something I would, you know, factor in if I'm going to be rolling him out. I do think that's the takeaway. I think that's a very good point in that um, they they got ahead in the game, and then basically the second half they played, you know, to to win the game with the lead and pounded the ball with Brian Robinson. I think that's what we see with with Brian Robinson is when they're ahead, and they want to run the clock. It's Brian Robinson nonstop. They just yeah. hand it over to him. Um, when it's more hurry up, um, you know, close games, that kind of thing. Like I think we see a little bit more Antonio Gibson as he's obviously the better pass catcher of the two. All right. You know, T Higgins. Receiver? Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, T Higgins puts the game on his back. Nine targets, seven catches, 114 yards and a touchdown. Most of that coming in the second half and down the stretch as Cincinnati battled to, to win this game over Tennessee. Um, I feel like there are still doubters of T Higgins, which is wild because he, he is one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. He'd be a, Number one alpha on most teams, but because Jamar Chase is there, he gets doubted a little bit because he's the second wide receiver on the team. Mm-hmm. But T. Higgins, he's just as talented as most people out there. Yeah, it was like the Anquan Bolden, Larry Fitz, or the uh, Roddy sure. White, Julio Jones. Yeah. Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce for yeah. the great gray beards and the. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, <Indians>. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I com- completely agree. I love T. Higgins. Um, I tried to buy that quote dip, but he was going what top? He was going a top twelve wide receiver this year, anyway. So yeah, um, on paper he was getting the respect, but um, yeah, I agree. I, he's he's bona fide. He made some ridiculous sideline catches in this game. Mm. Um, did look really good. I do think there was like perhaps a buy window in dynasty for him. Um, I think in the mm-hmm. offseason. Uh, some people had moved him up pretty high. I think he got as high as like wide receiver six in some places. Um, and there were some people who, you know, pushed back against that. I think he's proving that he deserves to at least be up there in the top 10 for sure. Uh, he's been there for me for a while, but I think especially once the season started and he wasn't really getting that many big weeks, there was a time he could get in. I don't think you have that anymore. Yep. Yeah. I've, uh, I've got some teams out there where I'm not doing so hot and the number one team in the league is, you know, making offers for T Higgins. That's a good, that's always a good sign. Right. They're trash offers, but it's a good, (laughs) the best team is looking to add T Higgins. Um, Right. That's good. Yeah. Next one we got Rashad White's day in the sun without Fournette there today, 14 carries, 64 yards, no touchdowns on the day, but nine targets caught all of them 45 yards. We don't know how long Leonard Fournette will be out. Uh, we don't know what's really this is going to look like when he comes back. Um, 
before this week, when they last played together, we did see Rashad White start to be involved more. He took the first carry of the game last time they played together in the game in which Lion Fournette ended up getting hurt in. Um, the thing that I really liked here was that he got all the passing work. Uh, Tom Brady, he's known for wanting to make sure his, his running back knows his assignments because he will get them out immediately if they don't know what they're doing next to him. Uh, that's, you know, one of the big things we know about Tom Brady. It's why like Leonard Fournette has been so good with Tom Brady is because he, he's a good check down receiver and, and he can block. So he stayed in there and all those downs and Tom Brady trusted him to, so to she, see Rashad white rookie running back like that be in there all in that past game work. I thought was a great sign. I don't know how much of it continues the rest of the season when Leonard Fournette gets healthy, but I think if you liked him in Dynasty and you drafted him, you are seeing the reason why you liked him and reasons to be excited about him moving forward. Yeah, good confirmations, definitely. To be able to hold off Keyshawn Vaughn um, is important. And if he had not been able to do that. And Giovanni um, Bernard, who they activated before the game. Yep. He was only there for catching passes. Right, and making you know Tom Brady comfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely – and Tom Brady was saying some positive things about him in this preseason as well, um, mm-hmm. that he was picking things up quickly. So, yeah, that a lot – I think he's a good student of the game, just, you know, is is doing the right things. Um, and he's earning the, the touches as a result, of course. We'll have to see what happens when Fournette comes back. Um, but this could be – this could be an ugly timeshare, um, but the the ground game has been way more successful uh, with Rashad White uh, getting more carries, you know, just over mm. the last couple of weeks than it had been all season. So this could be they, you know, you pick up seems good aspirations. They lost a tough one today, but um, I would think we see more of it. The other thing is, you know, Tom Brady looks a lot like old Tom Brady, where he's peppering all the stuff underneath. The over-the-top stuff wasn't working as well. Yeah. Um, you know, missed Evans on a couple of deep shots. Yeah. Um, yeah, they couldn't connect today. They had a yeah. tough go. It was all it was all happening underneath with Godwin and Rashad White. So I was happy. You know, he was one of my pops of the week, uh, Chris Godwin. I think he's going to have one of these Wes Welker-esque, you know, Julian Edelman-esque end of seasons where he just – by by strict factor, the number of catches, number of targets, he's going to be uh, doing well for your fantasy teams. Yeah, and a and, touchdown and in back to back games for Godwin as well, which is nice yep. for him. Um, he's been due. Yeah, t- absolutely. T- talk about some to touchdown mean, regression man. for Let's him go. for sure. Let's uh, see. I'm always I've always been a Godwin fan. Uh, was still in this year despite the injury. Lucky to be getting paid off on that one. I think. Yep. All right, next one we've got is Sky Moore emerging? Six targets, five catches, 36 yards. Not much, but this is back to back games with six targets and five catches. Um, for someone who had nothing <laughs> going on for basically all, all the season up till now, I think it's important to see him doing this. Um, yes, there was no uh Tony in this game, no Kadarius Tony. Juju coming back from the concussion, actually, I you know, I thought it was, I was kind of disappointed. With Juju, um, he he got off the injury report, you know, before this game. So I, I was expecting a little bit more there. But is Sky more finding a role for himself, or do you think this is just circumstance of the last couple games? I'm not sold yet, personally. Um, I think the efficiency metrics are great. And 
the yardage totals are concerning. You know, what I saw from film for Sky Moore, and I was debating Sky Moore and Johan Dotson this this mm-hmm. offseason, like a lot of people were, yeah. with that sixth overall pick, fifth, sixth, seventh pick. Um, I wound up going Johan Dotson based on film review after seeing what he could do with the ball in his hands. Sky Moore is so little. It just seems like all he can do is fall down once he makes a catch. And I, I don't have his yak numbers in front of me, but I wouldn't be surprised if all 36 of the yards from today were, you know, catch and then get tackled. Um, where like a Juju or the other guy, you know, Kadarius Tony, obviously mm-hmm. when he's healthy, McCole Hardman, definitely. Um, they're going to be able to do more, which I think favors – what Andy Reid is going to want the offense to be able to do. And I think that's going to limit his even emergence and upside. Um, sure, he can get out there and catch a pass. And and that, you know, when there are a lot of injuries, Justin Watson was out there for a lot of plays, had had a few yep. targets. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into it. But, yeah, I, I if I if I – Drafted Sky Moore, I'm definitely happy. Uh, <laughs> He's at least uh, involved. In now. infinite, yeah, infinite improvement. Yeah, so yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting too excited about these last couple games. But like in dynasty circles, if you if you were someone drafted Sky Moore, you're just happy that he's even getting on the field and being involved at this point because it was looking like it was a bust, like it was going to be a face plant for, but like a Terrace Marshall from last year. Yeah, well, you really got to wait till next season to see if the even gets out there. Yeah. All right. Last one we've got today. Hollywood Brown returns. Eight targets, six catches, 46 yards, no touchdowns. You know, just an okay day. But honestly, coming back from this foot fracture, I was impressed with how much he was involved. Uh, I was impressed he was even back for this week. I wasn't really expecting that. Um, so I think that's pretty nice to see. He was off to a great start to his season before getting hurt. Uh, him getting hurt happened to line up with DeAndre Hopkins coming back. So this is the first time we got to see them together. And, you know, uh, this was pretty good. This looks like we're going to get a lot of both of them, you know, especially with Zach Ertz being out now. Uh, Trey McBride, uh, most people's rookie tight end one coming into this year. Uh, you know, you don't really expect rookie tight ends to produce right away. But I think that these two can, uh, you know, exist together and still both be useful. Maybe they're not wide receiver ones like they have been while they were alone, but both wide receiver twos, I think is a definite possibility. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, and he was trending after some of the catches that he made. Um, He's he's just elite. You know, he's, (laughs) I I want to say counted out before this year. He and Marquise Brown are not in the same tier of talent. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Marquise Brown was on the field, I saw that, that connection with Kyler. Like yeah. they, there's Going a really good trust and rapport. Um, yeah. From their Oklahoma days or whatever. Um, I, I, uh, I'm worried if the stat line six for 46 looks eerily like the Rondell Moore stat line. Um mm. So I'm worried, like, maybe DeAndre Hopkins is okay after, you know, when things shake out next week in the next couple of weeks. Um, but do Marquise and Rondale um, eat from each other when Rondale gets back? I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one for me. Yeah, that'll definitely be the one to pay attention to is when Rondale comes back. Um, how's it look for them? You know, uh, 
I could see a world where Rondell is still getting enough that it hurts one of Hopkins or Brown week in, week out. Um, surprisingly, the Cardinals only threw the ball 29 times today. And that's pretty uncommon for them. They're normally high 30s, yep. you know, maybe even getting to the 40s in most games. Uh, but this game, they had that. So that's what like makes me think that there's room. You know, Marquise Brown eight targets on uh, you know, 29 attempts. That's almost a third or over 30% target share. DeAndre Hopkins with his six is uh what like 26%, you know, something along those lines. <laughs> Yeah, rough trying to do the math off the top of my head right now. But, uh, you know, because of that, that makes me think, like, we can still rely on these two. Because even if you see a little dip in target share with Rondell Moore back, there's that's still a pretty healthy target share for both of them. Sure. Yeah, James Conner looking like a potential uh, closer for your fantasy oh, yeah. team this year. If, uh, if your trade de- deadline hasn't passed and mine hasn't a couple, I'm going to be targeting him. See if I can scoop him off some uh, dwindling squads to to win me a ship. He's that's he's twenty five carries and what three catches? Yeah, that's something we mentioned on the show not that long ago. That James Conner right back into being like back end RB one, looking like rest of the season, and it was someone that you wanted to try and get in on. It's probably hard to do so at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, before we end our show, quick note. Packers are actually up 14-13 now after the uh, Eagles failed on a fourth down conversion. Packers had good field position and actually immediately got down and scored with a Randall Cobb receiving touchdown. <sighs> so I spoke too soon. This game is not out of hand. We might have an exciting game in our hands. It's 14-13 with three minutes to go in the first quarter. A lot of scoring so far. <sighs> so this is looking like it's going to be an exciting game. But that wraps things up for us Jacob, thank you for joining me tonight to do this. Uh, everyone, if you're not already following Jacob, make sure you do so on Twitter at Fantasy Fantasy. You can follow me, YFB underscore FF. You can find all of our content at JWBFantasyFootball.com or on Twitter at JWB underscore FF. While you're here, like, subscribe, follow. We'll see you next time.